Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. All right, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. Now, this is a little raw, all right? Uh, not even Zach back there or my team has the scriptures. Uh, so I'm going to try to share what I feel the Lord put in my heart. Can I hear an amen? Uh, I think the best messages are the messages that God wants right now. You know, I could have honestly, and I don't say this to boast. Those of you who know me, I don't, I don't, I'm not that way. But I could have gave gave you a very articulate, very well thought out message that's going to probably be uh, for next week. But it's on family and it's on marriage. Come on, some somebody say amen. So tell someone to come next week because I think for the first time since I've opened the church, I never spoke about marriage, and I'm going to be speaking on marriage and I'm going to be speaking on healthy marriages. Come on, hear an amen. And a healthy family, uh, which is important, is Ephesians chapter 5. But as I was wrestling with this, I really felt the Lord say, I want you to bring something that has to do. And Rosie, you had no clue, but you were, you were praying my message. In the last two days, I have received text messages from people that haven't really talked to each other, but they're texting me. And they're texting me the same scripture. And you know what those scriptures are? All on the Passover, the blood of Jesus. All of them. Almost every scripture was on pleading the blood. Sometimes, can I get a little old-fashioned with you guys? Sometimes, so let me just pause for those who are visiting. Uh, we're a non-denominational, spirit-led, spirit-filled church. What does that, <laughs> that's a mouthful, but what does that mean? That means that we are, wanting to, we, are, we are wanting the fullness of God, and that means whether healing, prophecy, uh, whether it's uh, the gifts of the spirit, but we want to hear what the Lord is saying now. And I'm not saying this to knock any church, but there are some churches, unfortunately, that there's tragedy happening and nothing changes. There's no, there's no shifting. There's no prophetic voice. It's just like, I'm going to talk about Leviticus and, you know, or whatever it is, whatever they're, they're season to talk. But we want to know what the Lord is saying now. Why? Because the Bible says, let he who has a ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And so the, the Lord says, I want you to get a little old-fashioned and start pleading the blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, the Bible, it talks about the power of the blood. Many of us in this room that are saved know that we have been saved by the blood of Jesus, right? Salvation by the blood of Jesus. But many of us do not really apply the biblical principle of covering our family in prayer by the blood of Jesus. Now, now, please hear me now. This is not freaky. This is not all, you know, people that are new in the Lord, they're like, what is this church talking about? Blood. Right? I, what I'm trying to tell you is that we as a church need to open our eyes of the incredible power of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus was not only shed for our redemption, I'm going to say this very clearly it was shed for our protection. Most people that they don't know about the power of the blood. They're just like, Lord, I hope, I, I, I hope I'm okay, I'm okay. But the Bible says that we have access through the blood. So, so I want you to just follow me as much as you can because this is literally, I woke up this morning and I just started writing scriptures and highlighting things. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse uh, 13. You just follow me with me. I don't think I've ever done what I've done today, um, but God is good. Amen. Ephesians 2. Verse 13, and then we're going to jump to 1 Corinthians chapter 5 uh, right after this so you guys could um, learn, see something from Scripture. Ephesians 2 verse 13 says this, But now in Christ you who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You who were far off were, 
or have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ, the shed blood on the cross. You know, there was a, a historian that I, I read about that in the, in the, in the days of the, of the, the tabernacle, where there was the outer court, the you know, inner court, and the holy of holies. You know, there would be some Gentiles that would generally love God, but they were far back. Everyone else was near. The, 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 the Jews who had a certain role were near. The, the high priests were even nearer. But the Gentiles were always far away, were always in the distance. The blood of Jesus brought those who were far away near, all right? So watch this. The blood of Jesus is very important. Why do I say this? Because with this coronavirus that's going on, and I'm just going to, you know, talk about the elephant in the room, right? We need to say, you know, it's like, it's like corona is the word. I saw him, anyways. I saw a meme that people were a meme that people were going to the store and getting a Corona beer, and then goes, "No, nah, no, nah, I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to touch that." So it's like a curse word. Like it's like, "Don't say Corona, don't say Corona, don't say Corona." Look, the blood of Jesus is greater than the coronavirus. All right. Now I will say this. Now here's the second scripture, so that you know where I'm heading. I don't even know if I know where I'm heading. Okay. But the second scripture that the Lord gave me is 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 7. And in the midst of this, hear me, I'm going to give you some powerful revelation that I feel the Lord shared with me about the blood. Oh, man, this is so good. Now, 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 5, and give them a minute because um, I didn't give this to them. So um, thank you for having grace on me, media team. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 6 through 7 in the New King James. Look what it says. Your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Now watch this. He's talking about kind of sin in the church back in that time. I don't want to get into the historical facts of that. But look what he says. There's a revelation that Paul gives us, glory to God. He gives us this kind of for the first time in Corinthians that what really happened in Exodus was a picture of Jesus in the New Testament. He says, your glory is not good. Now watch this. Purge out the old leaven. Watch this. That you may be a new lump. You are truly unleavened. Unleavened means that it has no yeast. It has no all of these uh, uh, products that we put in there because they had to go quickly, right? So this, what he's saying is unleavened is, is pure, right? For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. So now for the first time in the New Testament, you see that Paul the Apostle is saying, guys, I'm going to give you a revelation of what you've been hearing for hundreds and hundreds of years, and you've been keeping the Passover feast because of what happened, and I'm going to go to Exodus in a second, but I want you to know what you saw, what you've been celebrating, this is what Paul is essentially saying, through the eyes of the Spirit is Jesus Christ all along went to the cross, shed his blood, so that when you through prayer now have access to not just plead the blood on the doorpost, but you have the access to plead the blood of Jesus over every sickness, over every demonic activity that happens because there is nothing greater than the blood of Jesus. Now, as you remember, you don't have to, you don't, some of you don't even have to read the scripture. Just watch the Ten Commandments movies with Charles and Heston. And you'll see that in the Ten Commandments, there was a plague that went throughout the land that would make the coronavirus look like nothing. There was a plague. There was a major, major plague. As a matter of fact, I want to say something. And I need you to really listen because if you're, you're going to misquote me if you don't listen, all right? Boy, I have so much in me that I, I just I have to know what, when, when I want to share it, right? Um, every time there was 
uh, pending doom in a nation, right, in the Bible. Uh, the people of God were there also. Hear, hear what I'm saying. During the, the plagues of Egypt, during the judgment of God, where was Israel? Where was the people of God? They were in Egypt. So, so God didn't take them out and put them in a little hub over here, right, while the blood passed over Egypt. No, it was the people of God were in Egypt, mingled with everybody else. They were in there, right? Now watch this. And God gave specific instructions to everyone. Now hear very closely what I'm about to say. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share it in the scripture. He said, the angel of death is going to come because the, uh, Egypt has obviously not let the people go. And the angel of death is going to uh, go into the houses of Israel and kill the first bones, uh, sorry, firstborn of everyone in Egypt. Sorry, not Israel, in Egypt. Okay? Now look at me, look at me. I've studied this for a long time and the Lord gave this to me. There were specific instructions that the Lord says, when I see the blood. Oh my God. He said, listen to me. He said, he goes, the angel of death, and this, this is going to wipe out every firstborn, listen, in Egypt, Egypt is a, uh, is a place, okay? It's a country, so it's not just, I'm going to wipe out our, uh, the Egyptians. He says, everyone in Egypt, the firstborn, in this plague, because of their unwillingness to repent, watch this, if they, if when I see a, the blood of a lamb, God, when I see the blood of an unblemished lamb, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of, uh, of the world. He knew what he was doing all along. He knew in the Old Testament that that would be about a thousand or so years later that Jesus Christ is that Lamb. He says, when I see the blood of a lamb on the doorpost, I will pass over, the, the, the angel of death will pass over you and will not harm you. So here is my question. This is going to cause you to be like, hmm, what if the Jews did not heed the instruction of pleading the blood in their post? Let's say there was one, three, or five Jewish families that said, you know what? This guy is a little off his rocker. I don't think that's a little, that's a little extreme to be blood, put blood on my, on my doorpost. Do you know what would have happened? Jews would have died. Jews. Why? Because it was not contingent on a race at that time. The instruction was, if I see the blood. Why would he say that to Jews if they were not capable of getting killed for the firstborn? He was saying this instruction to Moses. So that means he was saying, guys, there is a plague coming throughout this land, but you have protection. You have an authority that if you obey my word and if you apply the blood and if that blood is a lamb, I will look at that and it will not come near you or your family. It will not come near you, but if you are away and you're not paying attention, that plague will come and you will be affected by it too. Look at this. There's so much power in this story. I want you to look at this story now from the light that Christ is our Passover, okay? And, and, and start 
pleading the blood of Jesus in prayer. You say, oh, that was extreme. That's far less extreme than actually physically doing it in the Old Testament. So why is it extreme when we're asking you to do it in prayer? I believe that the body of Christ has lost some key elements of the generals of the faith that have gone before us. I believe that the body of Christ, they used to plead the blood. You know, that old gospel song, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Remember that? Some of you guys don't know. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. And I don't know the rest. That's all I know, right? Exodus chapter 12, verse 13. Look at this. Sorry. Exodus 12, verse 13. Everybody go to Exodus chapter 12. Is Is this making sense? In this coronavirus era, we have the blood. And I'm not just saying that to preach to you. I got my family together. You could ask them. And I said, in the midst of a craziness, we got together at the table, and we pleaded the blood of Jesus over our family. We prayed it. You say, oh, that's it? That's it? You mix prayer with faith, and it's that simple. We're like, but I don't feel anything. You don't have to feel anything. You don't have to feel anything. There's in the spirit, in the spirit, you may not see. But watch this. The virus sees the blood and has to pass over. Come on, somebody. The virus sees the blood, and it has to pass over. Now watch this. Exodus chapter 12, uh, verse 13. Please follow with me. And then we're going to jump to verse 21. Um, after this, New King James, look at this. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, come on, see. That means you have to actually see it at that time, right? When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Now, who is he talking to, church? Come on, talk to me. Who is he talking to? Say it loud. Who is he talking to? Do you see where I'm getting at? He goes, I will pass over you. That means you're not exempt. If you don't play, plead the blood, if you don't you have faith, if you don't, if you don't continue to walk in faith, and I'm talking about New Testament now, right? He says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. If, why would the Lord say that if Jewish, the Jewish people were automatically exempt, right? I even take this a step further. They were mingled in Egypt, just like we are here in this world, all right? When I see the blood, I will pass over, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. I want you to jump over to verse 21, and we're going to go through verse 21 through 23. Now watch this. Watch this. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, pick out, woo, and take lambs, lambs for yourselves, according to your families. Kill the Passover lamb. What did we just read in Corinthians? Christ, our Passover lamb. All right. Then Moses, sorry, verse 22, and you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel. Of course, this is Old Testament, but a shadow of what's happening today. And the two doorposts with the blood of the lamb that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. Specific instructions. Verse 23. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel, on the, do- on the doorpost, the Lord will pass over the door and, watch this, watch this, not allow, not allow the destroyer to come into your house. Whew. 
to strike you. He will not allow, oh my God, if a blood of a physical lamb is strong enough to, to, to stop the spirit of death, how much more the blood of the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and we now by faith plead it. How much more should we as a community say, you know what, I'm going to take an extra time and even if you say, I'm going to do what pastor says, go ahead and do it. Just say, by faith, we're pleading the blood of Jesus over our family. By faith, we're pleading the blood of Jesus over my son. And then you start, listen, you start naming their names. Lord, over Paquito and Tito and, and, and Susana. And all. we plead the blood of Jesus. Did I say Taquito? No, I didn't say, okay, Papito, okay. I was wondering if I said Taquito. All right. So, you start pleading the blood. Now watch this. Somebody asked me years ago. They said, well, Pastor George, Pastor George, you know, can, can, you, um, can you, you plead the blood of Jesus of family members that are not saved? I said, absolutely. Well, yeah, amen, sister. That's right. <laughs> Come on. But watch. I could, I could, but I can prove it. I can prove it scripturally. I can prove it scripturally. Do you think that every Jew was living for God? Every like five million whatever Jew, every single one. Do you think every one of them were, were, were obeying the, the, the call of God and, and, and the word of God when they were told to go into houses? No, they were like straight up sinners. Like, I'm going to go to this house because somebody there that believes in God says that there's a plague about to go and there's this blood coming out. And I don't know, I don't know what they're doing, but I, wa- I don't want to die. So you know what? Yes. You plead the blood of Jesus Christ over those who are not saved, and guess what's going to happen? Not only is God by faith going to protect them, but they're going to encounter them by the blood of Jesus. They're going to encounter them. If you keep going, let me tell you something. The truth is, glory to God, that that car should have hit some of y'all, that you should have been, uh, been messed up with some of the promiscuity that you had in your life, that some of you, you should have died, or you should have overdosed, or you should have done worse than what you had, but someone pleaded the blood on you. Someone prayed. Someone grandma prayed and said, Lord, I plead that blood of Jesus over my crazy grandson, my crazy granddaughter that's out there. Oh, you told me those stories about your mom and your grandma. Who? When we were at the cruise and she would come and lay hands on all the guys, all the boys, and that moved me. That, that every time that they would come in and they would party, they would say, come here, and she would lay hands on them. Oh, don't tell me there's no power in that. Don't tell me there's no power in the blood. Look how they turned out. Yeah, they they may have got messed up, but the blood stopped them from dying. Woo! The blood. Come on, say the blood. There was a true story in England during World War II where there was bombs going off. True story. I read it. And, and there was bombs literally destroying things all over in the World War II. Well, this one uh, gentleman, um, I don't know what his name is at that time, but he started pleading the blood of Jesus. He knew this revelation. He pleaded the blood of Jesus every day over his house through prayer. He said the bombs destroyed every house in his, in his neighborhood except his And not only that, he said it did have a couple of scratches in the house, but everybody inside the house was not harmed. But it was specific. It wasn't like, Lord, help me if you can. Lord, I'm afraid. I know that you're greater than this, but Lord, if you can't, if it's in your will, I pray, I pray protection. No. They said, no. I have a, see, here's the thing. He had a revelation. When you have a revelation of something, you will go after it and people think that you're crazy. Uh, he's just, just a little radical. He's just a little bit. No, but when you have a revelation, oh, my God, this is scriptural. Oh, my God, he's not just trying to hype me up. There is power in the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing. 
but the blood. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. You know that the first sign, watch this, that I, the Lord gave me this revelation that God chose, what God chose to cover Adam and Eve when they sinned was the Bible says that the, the Lord in Genesis 3 took animal skin to cover their nakedness. Now, I want you to see this with me. We think God is just like this cartoon God, right? This, this, this genie in a bottle God, this, this only mystical God that just does everything in the spirit realm. Well, guess what? He All of creation was already created when Adam, uh, Adam and Eve sinned because uh, after they, they, they came and, and the animals were already created, and when they sinned, right, the Bible says that, they, that he found animal skin to cover Adam and Eve. Well, guess what? That means God must have killed an animal. Hear me now. Hear me now. Hear me now. He just didn't say, you know what? Animal skin, pop up. He could if he wanted to. He slew an animal that had fresh blood on it and, and the skin that was still warm, and he clothed them with it. Guess what? The first sign of the blood covering was the, the Adam and Eve being covered with fresh animal skin blood. It didn't only cover their nakedness, which is their sin. It covered them physically because at that time they were naked. Preach, Pastor George. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. When you go to a doctor, when you have a little th seeming infection, what's the first thing they tell you to do? Get your blood checked. Because life is in the blood. You could have a good metabolism, you could have good muscles, you could have good digestive system, but if you have a bad bloodstream, all everything else will be affected if you have bad blood. I'm telling you right now, the power of the blood of Jesus is because there is life in his blood. Why? Because in his blood, there he is the only person that ever walked on earth that never sinned. And his blood was shed on that cross, and there is life in the blood. Come on, say life in the blood. There's Adam and Eve, right? And then I don't know if you know this. I'm gonna just I'm gonna go this with this, right? Noah, after coming out of the ark, uh, uh, Kevin was saying this. Uh, the first thing he did, I didn't even realize this. When he came out, he made a blood covenant with the Lord. Blood covenant. He killed the animal. Do you know that the highest covenant in the Scripture is a blood covenant? Oh, you ain't hearing me this morning. You, this is why this is a revelation that we are missing. Why do you think Jesus shed his blood? Not just to forgive you of our sins, but now as born-again believers, we have the right to say, Jesus, your blood wasn't wasted by, in vain. Now I have access through prayer to speak protection but speaking the power of the blood of Jesus. I, I'll, never, I'll never forget. This is a true story, guys. Sometimes you gotta, you got to experience some good old-fashioned Pentecostal Holy Ghost moving to, to, to really realize, like, this is not just me. I remember years ago when I first started ministry, I was like a, I was like a baby in the, in, the, in the Lord, right? And there's this guy, I'll never forget. His name is Pablito, man. He was like a Moses to me. He's like, you know, Pablito. Remember, he was just like, Tú sabes que? I mean, like, like there could be a bomb go off. He goes, Tú sabes que nada, 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 nada. But those of you who don't understand, it's like, nothing's going to happen. And he just walked, and he, power, 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 right? So I remember there was a, in, in a, a Discipulo de Cristo, where I met my wife. There's about 80 people there. And all of a sudden, the first time I got there, right, 
I was this young buck, you know, in the Lord, and, <laughs> and all of a sudden this guy, this guy, it's a true story, started uh, growling. <laughs> uh, and I know you got me, you know, uh, it, it's funny, but it's not funny, you know what I mean? Uh, like the guy had like serious demonic manifestation. I was like, oh, and you do with the, the charismatic Christian does. Let me appear, let me, <laughs> let me appear spiritual, but I'm really afraid of this, right? And literally this guy was going, you know, he was manifesting, right? And I'll never forget, I'll never forget, and I was the, I was the close one to the aisle, so they're like, lay hands on him. I'm like, oh, you know. So they said, true story, they said, lay hands on him, and I said, okay. So I laid hands on him, and I'll never forget Pablito whispering over here. He goes, sangre de Jesus, sangre de Jesus, right? And I, I got confident. I go, the blood of Jesus. And boy, that demon, I mean, he, he, just, he just started screaming louder. I said, the blood, and I got even bold. I said, the blood of Jesus is against you. I didn't know, I didn't know anything hardly about deliverance. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave the blood of Jesus against you. The guy screamed and the demon left him. The demonic spirit left him. He started crying. Totally different changed man. Because I understood that day Watch this now. This is a mystery. You can laugh at me if you want, but that's fine if you laugh at me. If demons know something about the blood of Jesus, why don't Christians know something about the blood of Jesus? Demons know the power of Jesus and the power of the blood greater than Christians in America do today. Can I say this? They know Scripture better than Christians know Scriptures today. And I could prove that because he quoted scripture to Jesus. Go fall off because the Bible says that the angels will catch you. He's quoting Psalm 91. But most Christians have no clue what they're doing because they, they elope in fear. They develop this fear and they never use their authority. What if you start using your authority and I say, and say the blood of Jesus is against you, not today. I plead the blood of Jesus from this day forward over my family, over my kids, over my spouse, over my cousins. And, I, and you really do it in prayer. Guess what's going to happen? The Bible declares that we will be protected by the blood. Now watch this. This is, the, this is the thing that kept me up all night when I want to share with you. Oh, my gosh. One of the first cases of the power of the blood. Are you ready to shout with me? Are you, well, you've been shouting all, all. Was the story of Cain and Abel. Because Cain... Was, is, was evil, and he was symbolic of the enemy. He's prophetically symbolic of the enemy. And Abel is symbolic of what happens at the cross at Jesus, okay? Now, if you turn with me, I'm going to share this, and then you're going to shout, because I'm going to tell you what happens in the spirit realm and the power of the blood. Are you getting this, something this morning? Now, look at this. Whoo! Oh, my gosh. All right. So, worship team, you're going to get up here soon, right? And then pray for me. All right. So, watch this. Watch this. Look at what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 4. I want everyone to turn to Genesis chapter 4. I, I, I think, I, I think I'm, I'm, hitting the, I'm hitting something here today, and I think your eyes are being opened, all right? Genesis chapter 4, verse 10. If you're there, say amen. Genesis chapter 4, verse 10 through 12 in the New King James. Genesis chapter 4, verse 10 and 12. Again, I just... Maybe I need to do this more often. Maybe I need to just allow the Lord to change everything. And, uh, but uh, 
So this is not, this is just really raw what I'm sharing to you this morning. Genesis 4 verse 10, uh, the, here's what the, the Lord says. And uh, actually, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, let's, let's go through verse 1. My fault, my fault. Let's go through verse 1 to see this story. And I want to see, whoo, I feel the Holy Ghost. Some of you, you are here. I just heard the Lord say this right now. You are here because someone pleaded the blood on you. I just heard that. I just heard you are, you are here worshiping God because the enemy had an assignment for you and there's somebody that pleaded the blood for you. Woo. Somebody, somebody. Somebody pleaded the blood of Jesus Christ over you at one time. Now, if you look at verse 1, right, uh, it, through 12, it says this. I'm gonna, let's read it together, okay? Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, that means uh, intimately, and she conceived, all right, and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man for, for the Lord. Now, just keep following with this because you're going to shout in just a second. Verse 2, then she bore again, and this time his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain, <laughs> that's so prophetic there, but Cain was a tiller of the ground, Okay, verse 3. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Verse 4. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel's offering, but he did not respect Cain's offering. This is key, right? And Cain became very angry, and his countenance fell. Verse 6. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, you will, not be, you, will you not be accepted? If you do not well, sin lies at the door. Another translation says crouching at the door. Okay? And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it, over sin. Right? Now, Cain talked with his brother Abel. So let me holler at you for a second. He said, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, watch this, and killed him. I want you to follow me, all right? Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Verse 10. And he said, what have you done? Now look at this, guys. Look at this. The voice of your brother's blood. The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Verse 11, so now you are cursed from the earth which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. Look at what happens as a result of the blood. Okay, when he was a tiller of the ground, he would be fruitful. Cain would be fruitful in planting seeds that would grow before the shedding of the blood. There was, uh, there was a, a crop harvest. Every time Cain would put a plant or put a seed in any field before the blood was shed, it would prosper. It would do its work. But after he slew Abel, look at what happened to the seeds of Cain. So now... You're cursed from the earth, which opened his mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. Look at, look at verse 12. Look at verse 12. You will till the ground, and it shall no longer yield fruit or strength. Another translation says crops or fruit. It will no longer yield fruit to your seeds. 
a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth you will be. In other words, Cain is prophetically symbolic of the enemy. And once the blood was spilled from Abel, what in essence the Lord was saying is you used to have grounds in this territory when you used to plant seeds on this ground. It used to prevail. The work that you used to do, the enemy's seeds used to be planted and it used to prevail. But the blood of Abel has, has canceled the power of the seed that you have sown on the ground. And if you are born again this morning, if you're blood washed this morning, the seeds of the enemy that he's been trying to till on your ground shall no longer be able to work once the blood of Jesus has been applied in your family because it could have worked. Listen, it could have worked had it not been for the blood. There's, you'd be surprised at how many seeds the enemy has planted in your childhood when you were little. That divorce that was, that was meant to destroy you as a young kid. That promiscuity that was designed to destroy you. And that seed that used to work. It used to work. And that seed of, of drugs that used to work and have you addicted. But when the blood came and the blood was applied, his seeds of the enemy were no longer able to bear fruit in that territory. <laughs> come on, say it's not going to work anymore. Come on, come on, say this time, because of the blood, it's not working anymore over my life, over my family, over my finances. Why? Because it would have worked. It would have worked had it not been for the blood. Now, let, let me tell you something. Do you see the prophetic symbolism of things working? Cain is symbolic of the enemy. All his seeds were working before the blood came. When the blood shed, the Bible says, the blood cries out, watch this, against you. The blood of Abel, your brother, cries out against you. That means everything that you have sown from this day forward, the blood is more powerful than your seed. And your seed is not going to work in the families of God who plead the blood. I want the worship team to come up here, please. Woo. Forgive me that this is not as polished as you, as you guys are used to, but I tell you what. After Cain killed Abel, God says, in essence, the seeds that you plant on this ground from now on will not work. Because you have to understand, Satan is a symbolic, prophetic image of Cain in this story. He's releasing sickness on the earth. He's releasing fear on the earth. This virus is a type of seed that could be used from the enemy to bring fear, chaos, and even losing our humanity. What does losing our humanity mean? That we no longer do what we normally do as humans. We lose our humanity because of fear. But you know what? Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. I mean, I wish I had a gospel choir right now. We could sing that. <laughs> right. I, 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 let me tell you something about the blood of Jesus. It, he is our Passover. And if, if the angel of death 
could pass over, oh my God, church, if the angel of death could pass over a physical lamb that had blood, how much more will the lamb of God that was shed and taken away the sins of the world, that we have the authority to say, the blood of Jesus over my family, watch this, watch this, watch what happens if you truly have a revelation that you're, what you're praying you actually believe, because some people are like, I plead the blood, but I'm still not going outside, you pee the blood, you stay wise, you stay clean, you wash your hands, you, you sanitize, all that. Please still do that. Please sanitize, please continue to, to, to be safe. But don't lose your humanity in the, in the name of giving into the world. Stand up. What would the church look like back in the book of Acts if there was a plague coming and everyone was afraid that the plague was greater than the Lord? Even God's people. Where, where would we, we be at if the Apostle Paul said, I can't write this epistle right now because I just don't know if I'm going to get a disease right now. I touched that pen and that dude touched that pen. I can't touch that pen and write the scriptures. <laughs> do you know what Paul said? Do you know if you do history, Paul wrote two-thirds of his letters when he was in prison. And one of the letters that he wrote was probably moments before he got his head chopped off. He knew he was going to die. He knew it. He knew it, but you know what? He had a revelation of the power of the name of Jesus. And he had a revelation of the power of the blood of Jesus. Some of you old-timers, we need to get back to that stuff. Some of you new generation here, we need to get back to the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus still drives away sickness. The name of Jesus still drives away pain. Though it's the, the name of Jesus still covers us with protection. The blood of Jesus, just like he did with Abel. Abel and Cain, when Cain killed Abel, here's what happened in the spirit realm. The blood was released and the seeds were cursed. I'm going to say that again. It's said in the Bible. The blood was released and the seeds of Cain were cursed from that day forward. If you read Genesis chapter 4 from 1 through 12 in the NLT, I'll challenge you for those of you who love scripture. You will see that the Bible actually says, from this day forward... Any seed that you sow will not work. You know what, guys? It's time that we believe that his seeds, the seeds of the enemy will not work. That the seeds of the enemy will not work in our lives. You have been blood washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Worship team, if you could start playing something in the background, please. I'm going to close this and I'm going to pray. We're all going to pray. I don't have any scriptures to, to tell you, but I do want to say this. If the seeds, if the seeds of the enemy uh, in our nation right now are being spread to, to um, roar, like he's ro roaring, right? What is the church's response? What is our response? Some of you are in this room because grandma prayed for you. Some of you are in this room because your mom and dad prayed for you. Some of you in this room because a friend prayed for you. But let me tell you, let me amp it up a little bit. If Christ is our Passover, as we read in Corinthians, all of us just read it, right? If Christ is our Passover, then what are we doing prophetically about what happened in the Passover? So here's my last question to you. Corinthians says Christ is our Passover. What does that mean, Christ is our Passover lamb? What you have to know is what happened 
of what you read in Exodus 12. What happened in the Passover? What happened? What happened? Come on. You can talk back at me. The blood was shed. Now listen to me. There was not, in that time, there was physical blood that was put on, right, the doorpost. It wasn't, at that time, just a thought. And then what happened when the angel of death came? The blood was there and the angel passed over. What would happen if you were to take Christ, our Passover, and begin to speak with your mouth the blood of Jesus Christ? I plead the blood of Jesus over my family. And you actually believe what you were saying. Now, this is some weird cultish looking thing. No. What if you actually believe the power in the blood? There's power, power, wonder, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. I'm going to give you a challenge, RCC. And in your prayer times, and in your times where you're alone, and your times that you're praying for your family, grab their hands and plead the blood of Jesus over them. Plead the blood of Jesus. And you know what? When you plead the blood, walk out in confidence, knowing that the Lord is with you. I want you to stand up. Come on. I want you to stand up. Because we're going to pray today. And we're going to end... Art, you guys can help me with this. I want us to lift up your hands right now. And we're going to plead the blood of Jesus over your family. We're going to plead the blood of Jesus over your life. And we're going to plead the blood of Jesus over our church. Come on, lift up your hands. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask right now, we plead the blood of Jesus over our families. We plead the blood of Jesus over our homes. We plead the blood of Jesus over our lives. By faith, we say that the enemy's seeds shall no longer have access into our lives. The enemy's seeds have been canceled because of the blood of Jesus. We say no more fear. We will not react in fear. We will not react in tremor. We shall be the light of the world. We shall be the salt of the earth. And thank you, Lord Jesus, that the blood of Jesus Christ has set us free, has saved us, but has also covered us and protected us. Come on, right now begin to pray for your family. Go ahead. Go ahead. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.